Well, here are the New England Patriots, one win away from the second perfect season in NFL history, taking on a Giants team that started 0-2 this season, winners of 10 straight on the road, and they come rolling into this game with a lot of confidence. Suppose Nancy sees me coming out of the shower and decides to come on to me. I'm looking good. I've got a luscious V of hair going from my chest pubes down to my ball throat. And she takes one look at me and she goes, Oh my God, I've had the old bull, now I want the young calf. Yo, and a huge welcome to you to episode 1.05 of the Basement Olympics podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ty, and you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Ty. Today I'm teamed up with uh, one less member than the usual crew. We got Big Al Clayton here, my co-host, and our behind-the-scenes and content guy, Pete Walski. Uh, unfortunately, Schultz wasn't able to make it today, but he is going to possibly phone in his picks at the end of uh, the show today or just text Al or I and, uh, or Al or myself and get those picks to you guys. Uh, first off, I just wanted to apologize for the lack of episode last week. Uh, we actually sat down and recorded a, a fire episode. It was like an hour and a half episode, uh, recapping week one and getting into week two and some some big picks. Al totally went off about the Jets and got into like a 25 minute rant about just how much he hates the Jets and you know just how tough it is to be a Jets fan. Today. Awful. Uh, and unfortunately, we had some technical issues, and that episode is now lost somewhere in the cloud. And we just I, I don't know, I don't I don't know, but. This is now episode 1.05. Uh, last week's is, is gone, like I said. So we got a lot to get into today. But before I do, Al, what's going on, bro? Nothing much, man. Uh, just another week, living the dream. Being a Jets fan, definitely something to be pumped about. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be on our team next is, year. Ugh, such a bad move. I, I, it's terrible because you know, I think, you know, it's a crazy situation that I heard uh, on the radio this morning. What's that? They're talking about what if Sam Darnold got traded to the Steelers? Oh man, he would be good. He'd be amazing. Oh, man. Was, yeah. Wow, that's a that's solid. Yeah, imagine, imagine that. that scenario. But for what? Like, what was their? Ah, uh, I don't know. Imagine like they traded Donald for like a like Deontay Johnson. That would be like nuts. Yeah, but that would take away from. No, yeah, no. Okay. I, I, you know, the type of probably like a second round pick. You know, what I mean, yeah, like so- like nothing crazy. Like yeah. it'd be like the Josh Rosen deal. It would be like a second round pick. Here exactly. you go. Big win for Pittsburgh if that ever happened. Oh my god, that'd be a talented that'd... QB with high draft capital with those weapons. Yep. Pretty solid. Yeah, that that would be game over for them, but uh, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so whoever gets Sam, like if if they do draft a QB and don't resign Arnold, man, whoever gets him is going to get an absolute baller. Uh, I'm not a Darnold hitter. I've never been. I always liked him. I kind of wanted the Giants to take him over Saquon. Uh, Rest in peace, Saquon. Like, (laughs) like I felt some of my soul be uh, you know uplifted out of my body this past weekend when I saw the news about Saquon, and it was. It was really, really tough. And, like, I didn't have much hope as a Giants fan, but, like, at least watching the games, you're somewhat into it because of the playmaking ability of Saquon. But we'll get into the injuries in a little bit. But uh, holy shit, man. What what an insane week, you know, for for NFL, college football. Just just a crazy week, especially for injuries. But Let's, so, let's jump into college football. What happened this weekend? Let's, let's do it, man. Uh, nothing real crazy to say about college football here. Uh, most teams took care of business. The way they should have, like Clemson, you know, walloping the Citadel for 49 nothing, uh, And then Notre Dame blew out USF 52 nothing. You know, those top teams took care of business just the way, you know, it, it should be. 
Um, but a few things really stood out to me, Alan. That's number 11, Oklahoma State. Some have winning the Big 12, and some even have, like Desmond Howard, going to the college football playoff, which is nuts to me, but, you know, to each of their own. Um, but, you know, they just hardly escaped Tulsa at home 16-7. to And now, look, I know they lost their QB Spencer Sanders early, but uh, an offense with a potential Bolitnikoff finalist and Dope Walker finalist and Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard, 16 points at home against Tulsa is a huge red flag. Yeah, no, that's definitely something to be worried about. But like, really, though, you, you can't put up 16 points against Texas, dude. Yeah. Texas offense looks like number one in the country yeah, right now. Texas, it's insane. Texas offense. I mean, again, it was it was against UTEP. Um, yeah, but you love to see like everything just firing all cylinders yeah, right away. Yeah, and and if anybody you know knows Texas football, Joshua Moore is a guy. Um, you know, he popped off. He was actually the guy who got that first the first play of the game for Texas. It was a 75 yard touchdown. Uh, slant up the middle, Sam Allinger to Joshua Moore. Joshua Moore is, I, I don't remember why, but he was suspended all of last season and he contemplated leaving the team and leaving, you know, the program, but he, uh, he was able to come back and Tom Herman was able to convince him to, to stick, stick it out and that he was going to have a vital role in 2020 and had an awesome way of kicking it off. But, uh, I saw through week, I guess, technically week two of the college, uh, college football season, Texas's wideouts were actually ranked and rated number one overall in the country. What I tell you? What I tell you in the but, beginning of the year? Well, I mean, let's let's. Put I know I'm settling down, but that, that is that is probably the weakness on that offense is is the wideout core um, with the tight ends too, because the running back offensive line, the running backs offensive line and QB are just like you know elite. But they look good. They did look good. But um. It's just sad, though, man. I can't even like enjoy college football until Penn State plays. Hey, they're coming back. No, I know. Like, I know it's great. Back, they're coming back. Yeah, uh, decided to opt back in. Yeah, dude. And Mika Parsons might come back. He's you know, he's been sending like so many crazy messages Could on Twitter. Imagine? I mean, it's so dumb for him too. Yeah, Honestly, it really is. But the thing is, is like the a lot of college like big time college players, especially in the Big Ten, they sign with agents already. So, like, that's the problem. Like, once you sign with an agent, your college career is over. Like, it, that's it. Did Parsons? Yeah, Parsons did. So did uh, Bateman. Like, so, what if he – so, what, I mean, you probably don't know the answer, but what if he decided to come back and was just like, you know, fuck this agent. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back in a few months when the season's over and I'll just hire you. But then. that's the thing. It's an it's in the rule book for NCAA. Once you sign with an agent, like, you're terminated as a college player. Really? Yeah, so, like, that's the hard thing. There's like, got to be some exceptions. Dude, like, Bateman's so. came out and said, I want to play for Minnesota. But he can't because there's a rule. But like that, come on, that's ridiculous. This there should rule, be an exception. This yeah, year. no, absolutely. These guys didn't think they'd have a college football season, and then you tell them, you know what? F it, we made a mistake. Let's have a season. And then these guys like, well, what? Now I'm disqualified because I took a step and decided to go play in the NFL because I wasn't gonna play football this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. It, it just, I don't know. I can't really like put myself in their shoes exactly because like either way, they're gonna make like the the right choice. Is to you know to stay away from football yeah, this but year. Like if they want to play, let them play, man. Yeah, no, I, I agree. All I agree. This shit. I, it's just like, it, what would you do in that situation? Like, would you want to go back and play, or would you want to just train? And because you know you're going to be a guaranteed my, first my round pick. My heart would tell me to go and play, and especially a season this year with Penn State, where they have the Goliath in Ohio State to to take down, and they honestly would have a chance if they get week two. Parsons. Yeah, so um, I'm telling you right now, if Penn State's allowed to have fans in their stadium. It will make an all-world's difference, but if they play an empty Beaver Stadium, Beaver Stadium against Ohio State, when you just look at the final scores of the past like three years, like, like 
Penn State only lost by one point. Like, I remember like, that two seasons ago. Yeah, like two for two straight seasons. Yeah. And then they, they beat them the other time, which was fantastic. But still, like, like Penn State needs fans. They need fans. Like, their Beaver Stadium whiteout, like, that is the highlight of everyone's day at yeah. Penn State. Like, they want it. That's, like, that's what that's like one of the staples of college football. Is it Penn is. Penn State-Ohio State whiteout game. Yeah. Really it, it just, it's, I hope it happens, but I don't know what's going to really happen there. Yeah, well, I mean, Texas is having fans, Tech, it, including the Dallas Cowboys. Like, Texas as a state, they're having fans. I mean, it looks empty as shit. Like, I think it was 17,000 fans Texas had in their game against UTEP uh, last week, or I guess two weeks ago now. And honestly, when they said 17,000 fans, I was like, holy shit, like, that's going to make a solid difference. And, like, you could, you could, you know, they made some noise, but it, it was still empty as shit. Like, don't get me wrong. It was, it was pretty fucking empty. Yeah, uh, well, you know what, man? I'm just grateful that Penn State football is going to be a thing this year. Uh, yeah, you can't be picky this season. You yeah, really so, like, just give me something to watch. Let me let me watch my team, root them on, and hope for the best. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, back to Oklahoma State, though, just a few more things. Like, you know, we'll see how they respond next week. I mean, they kick it off – they kick off conference play next week, which is, you know, it, against a sneaky West Virginia team. But, you know, man, oh, man, that, that's just – it was not a good look. It was not a good look at all. Again, Sanders was out, and he's expected to – I think he's week-to-week. Week. There, there's been conflicting reports about the magnitude of the injury, but it seems to be a high ankle sprain, which could hold him out a few weeks. And, and you know, like we know from high ankle sprains, you sometimes don't come back the same player that you were before that injury. You know, I think CMC and Michael Thomas both have high ankle sprains right now, and I'm – honestly, as an owner of both of them in fantasy leagues, I'm concerned about how they'll come back when they do come back. But, you know, luckily, Oklahoma State, they do have a pretty cupcake start to conference play against West Virginia. Then they play Kansas. So uh, their, their back half of the season, they play, I think it was Iowa State. And then I think they go play Texas. And then I think they play Oklahoma the following week, which is just an absolute gauntlet of the schedule. I could be wrong there. Don't quote me on that. But I know the back half of their conference schedule is pretty jam-packed with, you know, the top talents of the Big 12. So, yeah, we'll see with that, man. Also, number 24, Appalachian State was held to just seven points in an upset victory for Marshall this past weekend. App State really couldn't get much going on offense, and they allowed 140 rushing yards and a touchdown to Marshall running back Brendan Knox. Number 17, Miami. Looked pretty damn impressive, man. They, they beat number 18, Louisville, in a high-scoring action-packed 47-34 win. Miami QB Derek King, he balled out, posting a 325-yard, three-touchdown game through the air, and Cameron Harris had a hell of a day as well, rushing for 134 yards in the score. Louisville's offense played, you know, they played real well, and they they stuffed the stat board as well, but my, that Miami offense, man, led by a Heisman hopeful QB, nonetheless, and Derek King, they, they were just way too much to handle. They look good. Yeah, they're scary. Miami look good. Yeah. And, and it's funny to say, because they've kind of been like a laughing stock. They've been the know, doormat. Yeah. They, 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 they just like, they win like a random big game every year, and then that's it. Yeah, and I, and I could see them. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to go out there and beat Clemson. I'm not. I, I don't think they'll challenge for the ACC, but they looked impressive. And in the offense, that high caliber, that it's going to be tough for anyone to stop, no matter how good the team is. Yeah, I know. I mean, hey, man, I, I'm always down for an upset like that. You know, if Miami is good at football, college football is like, the most fun time ever yeah. to watch. Like I love when Miami's good, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it's one of those blue blood schools. It really is. yeah, like yeah. Texas, like when when Texas and Miami play good football, college football is just a happier place. Absolutely. Week two of the NFL, we had a pretty chalky week out. Uh, really, not a ton of surprises there. 
Uh, well, at least until Monday night when Vegas took it to the Saints in their first ever game in the new stadium, which was just so good to see. Yeah, I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we're, we're, like like our friend was saying uh, the other day, once things go back to normal, we absolutely need to go out to Vegas, spend a weekend in Vegas, go to a, a, a Raiders game in that new stadium, bro. It looked beautiful. I, I can't wait to go. No, yeah, that's definitely something to be, like, pumped about if you're a Raiders fan. Like, brand new stadium, your team's 2-0? Yeah, they look like, good, Are bro. you kidding me? Josh, Josh Jacobs you know looks what? like okay. one of the best running backs I, in the league. I, I'm not one to take victory laps. I'm not, especially only two weeks in the season. But Josh Jacobs looks like that bell cow that I have been preaching about for months now. I've been saying that this guy is going to catapult himself into that top five, top seven category. And look at him. He, he's up there, bro. He's right there. Yeah, and you know what, man? I think if Ruggs didn't get a deep, uh, you know, had a blatant DPI, he would have had a nice touch, long touchdown. He looks really good as well. Brian Edwards looks good. There was actually one play where Ruggs, uh, it looked like Carr might have overthrown him, and, and Ruggs looked like he kind of eased up at the end of his route. I think it would have been a touchdown. I, yeah, I no, I saw it too. show you after the pod. No, I saw that too. I saw it. Um, I think that he just, like, lost the ball in the lights, to be he honest. Might, yeah, he might have. He might have definitely because he did. He slowed it down as if the ball was like twenty yards ahead of him, but it was right at the goal line. And I think Ruggs was on like the six or five yard line. Yeah, rookie mistake, man. You know, I mean, yeah, like no, it's just like it's talented, he's man. he's showing why he was the number one wide off the board. Although I still disagree with it, uh, he's showing that he's a talent, like yeah. an elite talent. It's just like, dude, when you have a nice, solid offensive line, like it doesn't even matter who your receivers are, especially when you have Josh Jacobs to give the ball to every play. That's just what it is. Yeah, and like Derek Carr doesn't need to be a superstar. I mean, I'm, we're not even. Was. He looked pretty damn impressive. I, I know, but like, dude, Darren Waller's on like another species I, yeah, right now. I, you it, know it's what? crazy. I, I didn't see that coming. Neither I did I. That, I thought that he would take a big dip because he was the only weapon for Carr to go to last season. So I thought when they took Edwards, when they took Rugs, and they had you know Jacobs, who said he was going to come out and catch sixty balls this season, I was like, all right, Waller is going to take a hit because Carr is not that good, and they got more weapons. So I was like. Okay, Waller, I'm not gonna, you know, draft him, stay away from him, not gonna trade for him. He's, you know, he's, he's showing out, bro. Yeah, but let's see what, like, you know, the next three weeks for the Raiders, they got New England, Buffalo, and Kansas City. So, I mean, we're really gonna see the real team. I think they're gonna lock up Jacobs because everyone knows that Jacobs is just, you know, the main piece of their offense. Even though I know Jacobs is definitely gonna get his, and he's definitely gonna make some plays because he's a special talent. But let's see what Derek Carr can do here. Is that game against the Chiefs in KC? It is indeed in Kansas City, dude. I really want to see that game. Yeah. I think that's going to be a fascinating game, and obviously KC is the better team. But holy shit, man! Like I can, are they? I can totally. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I yeah. It's, I could see Vegas popping off and, and getting that upset, dude. They're. I mean, the thing is, like, look at the Kansas City against the Chargers. They barely won. Yeah, they I mean, barely won yeah. to a rookie quarterback, yeah, so. dude. Justin Herbert looks it reminds me a lot of Josh Allen, but a uh, Josh Allen that could throw. Yeah. <laughs> and so like uh, he's got a cannon. He's got cannon. an absolute cannon. But, like, um, it's just like they're both, like, the same exact quarterback. Massive dudes that can run the ball and also throw the ball I as well. I always love Justin Herbert, man. And I got so a I. Want, I want to talk to him about him in a little bit. But, um, actually, you know, speaking of that game, Al, Al and I actually played each other in our main Dynasty League this past week. And uh, because Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders just absolutely forgot how to play football, Al beat me 144.9 to 144.54. Yeah, those nuts. Honestly, that just goes to show the unpredictability of fantasy football. Michael Thomas out, right? Michael Thomas, the absolute stud out, who, by the way, in that league I had. So I go, well, you know what? I'll put Emmanuel Sanders, who's on my bench, in my lineup because hmm, he's playing Vegas, not you know a, a, an elite defense by any means. He 
is Drew Brees' number one guy with Michael Thomas gone. No one, and I'm telling you, no one could have predicted that Emmanuel Sanders would be held without a catch until there was under a minute of game clock left. No one could have predicted that. It's just tough. Also, like in that matchup, I had Saquon Barkley, who got carted off the field, obviously, and Paris Campbell also carted off the field. You know what, though? We were both like very depleted. I had. Godwin out, CMC got hurt. I had Michael Thomas out. Like I had, dude, I had Galladay out. I had Debo out. Like, yeah, no, I, I know Jameson Crowder. We I, I like him. Like we're just it was, a, it was an equal handicap. No, no, yeah, like, literally, it makes t- complete sense why our matchup was so close. It was, it was, it was <laughs> that was so tough. Now, I, I honestly, like, I had no intentions of winning that game. I was like, I don't know. Josh Jacobs could barely win this, but he probably has to get like a thirty-point game. So, so you know what? Let me let me give the people listening a little more of a background to that. Um, Al had Jacob. We, Al was, I think, down by ten. He was down by ten points something, and Al had Jacobs, and I had Manny Sanders. So I was like, okay, it's gonna be close. Like I knew it was gonna be close because, I, like I said, Jacobs is a beast. Like I totally love Jacobs. But I was like, all right, Emmanuel Sanders. All he has to do is put up like a five catch, sixty two yard stat line, and I'll feel good. And I thought that was so doable. I was like, he doesn't need to score. I was like, Jacobs is going against a really good run defense. Uh, you know, they're in a key up on him, and he's probably gonna have and as expected, a tough night, you know, for him. A tough night, you know, against a good defense. I, he still produced, but like, still produced, but like, he didn't score. He didn't pop off like yeah. one where he got thirty-eight yeah. points. You know, absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. But um, Manny Sanders, bro, like, come on. And he had an awful drop in the beginning of the game. He's losing it. Drew Brees looked bad. Very bad. Check down, check down. Dude, that interception he threw was Dude, disgusting. Just, he he looks, and I hate to say it because I love him, but washed up, bro. He needs he Mike T. Fun. But, like, is that even going to make a difference? Week one, Mike T did nothing. Well, he got hurt. But, like, yeah, it, but like it, I know. Even when he was on the field. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Bruce didn't look I, like himself. I just feel like Sean Payton's not being creative. Like, last year he was, you know, had Taysom Hill throwing the ball a million times. He, you know, always kept the defense on the toes. They, I mean, they have a lightning flat, fast player in Deontay Harris that they barely use, too. They send him down the field, man. Like, he could be – you know, a nice guy. You could throw the ball deep to once in a while. They just never threw the ball deep. You look, will, they look like the Jets. Yeah, honestly, I will say that Sean Payton didn't didn't do anything to surprise me, which is usually his bread and butter. Like yeah, you just said he's usually, you know, going up his sleeve and getting things that most defenses don't expect. And it was a pretty cut and dry game plan, and it just didn't work. And they got smacked. Dude, they got but, smacked. I mean, the only bright spot in the Saints, dude, Alvin Kamara, just. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, as a fantasy asset, as a running back, as just a guy to build a team around, like he's just been, he's been proving himself, and he's worth the money that they paid him. Hands down. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine that team without him. I think they'd be, they'd be that awful. Lat Murray, that they would have lost by twenty eight points. Yeah, if they didn't have Kamara, they would have lost. And Drew Brees, who's losing it, like we always say in this podcast, like, and I don't want to call him a bad QB, but bad QBs, they dump the ball off, they look for big body guys, Jared Cook. And dump off to Alvin Kamara and quick slants, which they tried doing. And without Michael Thomas, who is the king of slant routes, they just they couldn't get it done. I know there were some Drew Brees truthers that said, oh, my God, Drew Brees is so much better than Aaron Rodgers. Dude, no no, no shots. No, no. no shots. No now, I could have told you that before the season, too. No, I, yeah. You know, I, I never – I mean, I, Drew Brees is an amazing player. Like, he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer, like, easy. But I, he looked bad. He looked bad. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but I mean, like, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm pissed. 
You know what I mean? Like, you have no – I mean, you have Winston. Do you throw Winston there? Do you like, get third Jameis Winston in there? I'll tell you what. That'll be awesome for fantasy. Yeah. I'd love to see it. But, no, you do not bench Drew Brees for Jameis Winston. You don't do it. Yeah. And Sean Payton wouldn't do it. If you maybe toss Ben McAdoo in that situation – Oh, God. He'll probably no way. do it. He'll probably do it because he likes to bench all-time great QBs for absolute bums. But Geno Smith. Yeah, I, I know. Still can't get over that. <laughs> moving on, uh, MVP candidate Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals continue to impress. And although it was against the Washington football team, they looked like a legit playoff team yet again. Murray posted 286 yards and a touchdown through the air and another 67 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Can we maybe just come to terms with the fact that the traditional immobile pocket passing QB is a rapidly dying breed? Yeah. No, I mean, like, seriously. Now, bro. Look at the top QBs. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah. Josh Allen. Like, <laughs> they, like they're you all. You need to be able to move. And even those guys that you think are going to be the immobile pocket passing guy, like a Daniel Jones, he can still move. The immobile Eli Manning build is, is gone. It's done. You're not going to get a guy like that to succeed anymore. It's just like you got to be able to create plays outside the pocket. That's really what it is. And if you can run, that's great. But, like, if you can't throw outside the pocket, you're not going to have a quarterback and anymore. I, and I will say this. And and Andy uh, Reid, the, the head coach of the Chiefs, he always puts he always says this as well. I always thought he was right when he said this. And that's that the NFL, specifically offenses, are 10 years behind college football. What happens and what's big in college football today will be what's big in the NFL in 10 years. It's just the way that it goes. 10 years ago, mobile QBs in college football started dominating the game. And you had the immobile pocket passing QB in the NFL who was dominating the game. Look what we have now transitioned into. It's just the way it goes. The air raid offense was never, ever, ever a thing in the NFL. Now it's becoming a norm. It's, yeah. just, the, it's just the way things move. The NFL follows college football in the way – and it makes sense because these guys go to college and they get molded to be a specific player to fit a college-style offense. So you're not just going to – Take that guy who succeeded at that skill set in college, put him in the NFL and say, we don't want you to run with the football. We don't want you to create plays in the rushing game. We want you to sit in the pocket and, and you know, toss nickels and dimes. No, it's just it's it's this new wave of NFL QB, and it's it's going to be a thing moving forward. Dude, look, look, look at the reason why Cliff Kingsbury and Rule both got their jobs. I mean, dude, they both their and the, the Panthers. Too, no, I know. So the Panthers are literally just following the same direction that the Cardinals took. They're going to suck this year, and then they're going to top a top mobile quarterback and just be nasty. Tell you what, though, Teddy does not look good. I mean, I could have told you that. I, I know we have said that before yeah. on this podcast, but, like, what are they going to do? Are I mean, they going to take a guy? Yeah. Who? And the, they're going to have a top pick. They're terrible. And they have no McCaffrey right now for, like, six so weeks. you said they possibly could land, like, a Justin Fields type guy? Yeah. I think they can have the first overall pick, depending on the Jets are. Because yeah, I, the, just, I mean, like depending the, on the Jets, maybe the fucking Giants if we're being real, man. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Oh, I don't know, man. Do you think I Daniel think, Jones is not it? Daniel Jones is behind an awful offensive line with no help, none in a new offense. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's sad, man. You know, it's sad. I just think that Daniel Jones is going to have like the same exact sequence as Sam Darnold. Like, dude, like you, bad. no, really not as bad, dude. Like they're not helping him. More so than Sam, they are. I, I they're uh, they're helping him a little bit more, but like, dude, like, I, I uh, it's just like it's the Jets just, and Giants are in the same exact position. Their team shame. has no talent. They they both suck, and they have a young quarterback that they're trying to develop, but develop around who? I know it's so brutal, man. 
it's so tough. Hopefully the Giants next season, they, they can draft a guy like a Rondell Moore, like a Jamar Chase, and it's going to open things up and help a little bit. Slayton's looked good this far, uh, thus far this year. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't know what to expect anymore, man. I really don't know what to expect. But isn't I, it, isn't it weird though? Like, like literally, all right. So the Jets lose Le'Veon Bell. The Giants lose Saquon Barkley. <laughs> the Jets lose Jameson Crowder and Denzel Mims. The Giants lose Sterling Shepard. Like, uh, like, like that. It's just back the, and forth. The Jets have a disappointing tight end this year in Chris Herndon. The Giants have a disappointing tight end this year in Evan Ingram. Yeah, it's the same it's, team. Yeah. Their defenses. Uh, yeah. I mean, your defense is absolutely better than ours right now. Our yeah. defense looks terrible. Yeah. Giants defense actually isn't terrible. No, they played good the last two games. That. I will say that. And I, but like, how much better would you feel right now about the Giants if Daniel Jones went down the field and scored on that game-winning drive? Yeah, I, I, like I thought he was going to do it. And look, I'm a big Daniel Jones guy. I really do think he's. I do think he's the answer. But I also think they're about the same normal in the Jets. But how can you be the answer if they don't? If the team doesn't help you, like they're not Pat Mahomes. Okay, let's be honest. Sam Arnold and dude, you can put Pat Mahomes on the Jets right now. Guaranteed, they wouldn't have a winning season. Guaranteed. But. They, but yeah. No, I promise you. I promise you could put the Pat Mahomes on the Jets and then they would have a losing season. Yeah. <laughs> They're so bad. Same thing with the Giants. I mean, a little better weapons, but, like, still not nothing elite. Nothing fantastic. Like, dude, Slayton's not a wide receiver one. No, he's not. Golden I, Tate's not not even a wide I receiver two. Or when I guessed it on the Dynasty Polls podcast, I said Slayton's not a number one. Like, he's he's good and he impressed and he's, he's solid. He's going to be a good player for the Giants for the next couple of years, but – He's not a true number one. Nope. And we'll see it this week. He's playing San Francisco. Like you just said, Shep is banged up. The, the number one corner is going to key on, on uh, Slayton. The Giants have no running game whatsoever. They signed Devonta Freeman, who's a washed-up bum, let's be honest. They have Deion Lewis, a washed-up bum, let's be honest. Yeah. And then Wayne Gallman, who was, you know, not bad, but he's nothing special. And, it, hell, let's face it, Sa- Saquon couldn't do nothing by that offensive line. Nothing. And I, I actually have a little thing on this in a little bit. Um but I'm basically just getting it out now. That's going to be a committee of a backfield. Nobody's going to be able to do nothing. That offensive line sucks. Daniel Jones is going to have only Slayton and Golden Tate to work with. Evan Ingram's been an absolute bum this year. I just, I don't know. It's just a depressing time to be a Giants fan. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you're speaking to the choir here because we actually are the worst team in the league. So. <laughs> the Jets. Yeah, no, the Jets are terrible. So, like, I, I have nothing to say. I just, like, the Jets, as, soon, as long as they have Gase, the team will never be good. That's pretty much how it is. The offensive guru, they say. <laughs> what offensive guru, guru right now? I think we're ranked 30th in the run, 31st passing, and like 30, joke, 32nd total offense. It's just like how it, it, the game's not enjoyable. You know you know what uh, they said in the case show? They said that the Jets game has had as many viewers as the Yankees game. You know what? Like that has never happened. Oh, my God. They, that never happens. Like that's insane. Wait, I just wanted to say one thing real quick. In my little rant, I did hate on Evan Ingram a little more than I should. He is a good player. Uh, last week, he did have six catches for 65 yards on eight targets. So it's not terrible, but, like, still, man, it's just not game-changing like we expected him to be this year. And I just – I don't know. It's it's honestly such a depressing time to be a Giants fan, and it has been for so long. Decades. It's – I mean, we, we had that one playoff season in 20 – what was it, 17 with the OBJ boat trip bullshit when they got blown out in Korean Bay. Um, but other than that, bro, they've just they've been bummed since they won the Super Bowl. It's just been that way. 
it's just no fun when local teams aren't good. It sucks. It really sucks. Like I can only imagine like being a Baltimore Ravens fan, a team that's always, always, always competing and just drafts Lamar Jackson with the last pick of the first round. And just, he pans out and he's the league MVP. And it's just like, Always a good team, always well coached, always well ran. Like, what a beautiful thing for but Ravens fans. Do you see like the trend? Uh, like, our teams will never be good unless you have a fantastic head coach. Like, look what the Raiders did. The Raiders were terrible for years and years and years, and they just went out. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sign John Gruden. Look what he's done to that team. They yeah, I mean, I guess. You, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's an elite coach. I don't know. I mean, dude, they look pretty damn good. Looks, they yeah. they rally around them. Yeah, they they, they should not be beating the Saints. Yeah, no, they, they, should, they should. It should not be a close game. No, I think that was more a testament to New Orleans than it was to Vegas in that game. Really, you but, you're gonna no, discredit? Not, no, don't no, no, discredit no, 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 them. I'm not. It, it was a good. It was a good effort, and they they succeeded. It was a good fucking game. And I just said they might upset the Chiefs. So obviously, I think it's a good team, but the Saints look bad. The Saints look bad, <laughs> offensively specifically, but. What else we got around the NFL? Uh, moving on, Justin Herbert, like we said before, he got the start against the reigning Super Bowl champs and impressed the hell out of me and, honestly, anyone watching. I don't know how you can watch a game and not take away that you think he's – or you think he won't be a franchise QB or at least a solid starting QB. Uh, I always liked him out of Oregon, and, you know, he looked poised and under control in that whole game, and he carried L.A. in a close game, losing by only a field goal, again, to the Super Bowl champs and the Chiefs. Uh, what's even more nuts than that – is the reason that he even got the start in the first place, and that's because a team doctor accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung while trying to administer a pain-killing injection. Poor fucking Tyrod Taylor, man. Dude, there's always something with him. Like, like they just got started over Mayfield. Then he comes here, like, okay, you got the job. Anthony Land even came out and said, after Herbert's game, Taylor's our guy. Then he comes out today and goes, nope, Justin Herbert's going to get the start. Like it just. Like, I mean, dude, he's not fully recovered. I know, I know. It's just like, dude, if I was him, I'm suing that doctor for everything he's got. Yeah, that that's crazy. He's altering his career. Like yeah. he do, he can. I don't know, he I might don't know the severity of it. Like, to, is it that that bad? Dude, yeah, he was having chest pains. Like, you can't believe all with chest pains. Get like quarterback. God, if you get hit hard enough, dude, so something bad. like your lungs can collapse. Like, yeah, I don't he, know, he dude. Should be suing the franchise, probably not the doctor specifically. Well, I mean, the doctor and franchise go hand in hand. Yeah, it's like hired by the franchise. Don't make you know that much. So, like, if he fucking went out and sued him, like, it's uh, obviously it was a mistake. Um, but still, nonetheless, that's going to be life altering. It could be, you know, it could be life altering for him. So, yeah, I don't know, man. But you know, all that aside, the headline of week two, like we said, was unfortunately the multitude of injuries that took place. And I'm just going to go down the list. I didn't even mention them all, but just this is just this list is nuts for fantasy purposes, for just NFL fans, for you know, just big name purposes. Just listen to this list, okay? Saquon Barkley torn ACL out the season. Nick Bosa ACL out for the year. CMC high ankle sprain out four to six weeks. True Lock sprained AC. Uh, I'm sorry, sprained AC joint. Portland Sutton, ACL, out for the season. Jimmy G, high ankle sprain. Devontae Adams tweaked his hammy. Tavon Young, the cornerback for the Ravens, season-ending season ending knee surgery. Malik Cooker, tore his Achilles. Brandon Scherf, the lineman for the Washington football team, sprains MCL. He's out four to six weeks. Byron Jones uh, for the Miami Dolphins. He hurt his Achilles. He will miss the Thursday night football game against the Jags. Raheem Moser, sprained MCL. Tyrod Taylor, as mentioned before, got a punctured lung, and he's going to be out. Paris Campbell on the IR, Bruce Irvin, Will Fuller, and a few more. But, like, wow, what a crazy list of stud players that went down. I mean, this is no surprise, man. There's no preseason. People aren't getting hit. 
uh, very short preseason as well. Yep. So, like, what do you expect? It was just going to happen. Yeah. It, it just goes to show that, like, it's just such a shame, man. Like, it, 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 I hate seeing players go down. Yeah, no one likes injuries. I would never wish injury upon anyone. I mean, like, I just feel bad, man. Like, these these could be potentially life, like, you know, career changing injuries. So, Speak, like, I, speaking on this, not to cut you off, but did yeah. you see? Did you see this guy? He goes by the fantasy football counselor on Twitter, dude. What was that, dude? So I actually so get this. So last season. I, I found this guy on Instagram and I was like, oh, wow, he's got a lot, like a big following. I was like, I wonder what, you know, like what's so good about him. So I looked at his takes, whatever. And like, he, I remember he was huge on David Montgomery last year. That was his guy, league winner. And I kind of agreed with him. So I was like, you know, I'll give him a follow. I'll listen to him. Bro, after about two weeks of following this clown, I needed to unfollow him. Like, it was just so bad. Like, his takes were bad. He called out players for just sucking when they didn't. Like, it was just it was really bad. This guy came out. And was telling everybody, draft Saquon number one, take Saquon, CMC's going to uh, uh, regress, whatever, which was okay. Like, no, he was calling for a CMC injury. Dude, he's like, he he's... goes, yeah, right. So that's what I was getting into. So he now, after CMC went down, he is now taking a lap, a victory lap, and saying, I told you this would happen. CMC was going to get injured. I told you he can't be reliable. What? This is his first time missing games. And not to mention, Saquon is out for the season. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. You took you took Saquon over CMC. Okay, cool. Like a lot of people probably did that, and I get that. You know, to each of their own, whatever. But you cannot go out there and honestly be happy and celebrate CMC going down. And CMC's only out four to six weeks. Like he will be back this season. Saquon is the guy that you took, and he's out for the whole season. Yeah. So what are you, what are you doing? And like I, I, I don't even want to touch on this much. Like I just had to bring it up because it was on the top of my head. But like, because because honestly, the people that are spreading this is just giving him what he wants, which is publicity and attention. So not going to contribute to it. I didn't even comment or retweet. You know, the the guy that put it out there on Twitter. Um, you know, but just what an awful thing to do. That's no. just not how you play fantasy football, though. Nope, it's just completely disrespectful. Like these people aren't you know players in a Madden game. Like, they're real people with real lives, like real families, just like us. So, treat them like that. It's so bad, yeah. isn't it? It really is. So, with that all being said, to put a fantasy spin on this, uh, Al and I came up with a few guys that we'll be looking to either uh, via trade or the open market acquire that can have vital roles in replacing some of those stud fantasy assets that did go down in week two. Uh, Al, do you have a guy or do you want me to get going? You can start off. All right, this one's kind of obvious. Uh, if you, if you, you know, if you're a big fantasy football guy, even if you're just in like a, a work office league or something, Mike Davis. Uh, Mike Davis is a running back for the Carolina Panthers, and with CMC down, obviously this is the guy to go get. Uh, Davis beat out Reggie Bonifant for the backup role to CMC this summer, and now with CMC out a few weeks, expect Davis to immediately step into that role as a PPR RB two or flex role. Um, I expect him to finish somewhere around like RB eighteen to twenty four. Uh, which is good. I mean, for a guy that you're getting off waivers, you're most likely 0-2 if you're going to get this guy. So with CMC out, Davis caught eight balls last week, and head coach Matt Rule has noted that he does trust Davis to fill in that void with CMC out. And uh, I don't think it's any debate. You know, he should be the number one ad this week. Easily. Yeah. Uh, another another running back, actually, uh, Joshua Kelly. Dude, he's been pressing the hell out of me, man. Yeah. So this dude just, you know, drafted late, late round uh, running back out of UCLA. So he actually, week one, he had 12 attempts, 60 yards, had a touchdown. Pretty good game for a rookie. And then the next week against the Kansas City Chiefs, dude, 23 attempts for 64 yards. Listen, it's not the most efficient, but the fact that he outrushed 
Austin Eckler is crazy. So obviously they have a lot of trust in this dude. I feel like he's going to have, you know, a pretty decent role. Um, you know, most backfields in the NFL these days are pretty much split backfields. Uh, there's only, you know, a few bell cows out there. But he's, if he's on waivers, dude, go out and get him. I mean, this dude, obviously they trust him. They're, he's going to have the ball, especially near the goal line. Uh, so he's obviously going to be touchdown dependent at times. But as like an RB3 in your team, why not? I mean, this dude should be definitely the number two guy on the waiver wire that you should go out and pick. I believe in him. Go watch his tape, too. His tape is very impressive. Dude had very good season at UCLA. He's got talent. Yeah. I, I will say that. I do have a question, though, I want to I want to pose for you. But um, Justin Jackson is not bad either. You know, and that's a lot of people thought that it would be Kelly and Jackson kind of splitting that Melvin Gordon role for uh, L.A. this season. Justin Jackson went down in week one and hasn't played since. He's questionable for this week. And if not this week, he's going to be back in week four at Tampa Bay. When he does come back, is Josh Kelly still going to be sniffing 20-plus carries a game? I don't think so. It's it's tough to tell. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Carolina game goes because they're going to be running the ball a lot, especially with Herbert at quarterback. I don't know. It's just like if if you have a guy that's, you know, the rookie, like they have no ties with Justin Jackson after this year. I think he's not like one more year left in his deal. Uh, why not? Yeah. Yeah. This is his third season. Yeah, so. exactly. So why not? Like. Give the kid the ball. If he's doing well with the ball and you trust him against, you know, the number one team, Super Bowl defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, I don't see why not you don't give him the ball more than Justin Jackson. Uh, definitely more. I know, but like I'm not saying that Jackson's gonna be the guy because Kelly is producing, but to 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 bite into that load a little bit, I definitely think he'll he'll chip away at the touches. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying, you know, he's Mike Davis where, you know, he could potentially be like an RB two in the week. I'm saying he's a guy that you stash on your bench. You claim in the waiver wires, you know, you throw a little fab at him, like 10, 15 bucks, and you just you see where it goes, man. You never know where it's gonna you never know where he's gonna land. You never know what Anthony Lynn's doing. And also like a rookie quarterback, man, they love hitting up the running backs. They love it. And and like they showed it too. Like last game, he had two receptions for 49 yards. So if he had a over hundred yards of scrimmage. Uh, last game, why not? Like this dude can be very good for your yeah, team. No, I'm with you. I just don't know if he's going to be a long-term guy that for this season that you want to rely on as an RB two. Because right now, if you had him in an RB two role, which nobody did for week one and two, but he produced as such. When Justin Jackson comes back, I don't think he'll have RB two numbers, but still a very viable bench piece. Um, but look, that actually gets into you know what I wanted to say about him, and he might be a sell high candidate for that reason alone and i'm saying it as you know he's obviously a a fire waiver wire adder right now like that's a guy after mike davis he's probably next up if not before mike davis you know right now you know if he's available people are you know salivating to get him get him and then find out who else put claims in for him and just be like yeah i'll, I'll toss him to you for you know whatever if you got depth just be like yeah i'll, I'll toss him to you for you know a guy that's going to produce you know maybe because running backs are just you know with Saquon out and CMC out, like all these guys are going down. The running back position is getting so thin. You can toss a guy out like Kelly, and you can possibly get like a Jared Judy type guy back. Dude, I mean, I was gonna say, why not try and get uh, a guy, like a guy like Jarvis or Julian Edelman? Yeah, I mean, they're both money right now. Well, Julian Edelman's been nuts. I mean, Jarvis has disappointed to an extent. I think he put up like six points and like eleven points. But dude, points. they're they're gonna produce. Yeah, like you know they're gonna produce. Yeah. And to get like a guy that could potentially be like a wide receiver two. I mean, Edelman's more of a wide receiver one right now, but it's week two. Right. I think he'll even out to a wide receiver two like ending. Yeah. But which is still good for where he was being taken. Yeah, absolutely. I slept on him. Hell, I sold him. Uh, 
in the offseason while our draft was going on, our rookie draft, for, I think, the first pick of the fourth. Never doing that again, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I had so much depth, and I got my guy in Devin DuVernay, uh, so, and I still think he's going to pan out. But still, like, I probably got, you know, looking back on it, yeah, I lost that. You know, I, did, I thought Edelman was done, especially with Tomlin. I didn't think Cam would come out and be the, the QB that he is. I don't now. think anyone did. He's, on an, he's playing on an MVP level. It's – it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit, like I expect him to come out and be a top 12 fantasy QB, but I think he's like number four or three, something like that right now. Dude, he just, he's super can, man. Came back. He's he good. was motivated. He's really good. And, you know, Bill Bill Belichick made him a robot, and now he's just good. Yeah. And, and you know what? Speaking about QBs, uh, these, these next two guys, both Joe Burrow and Minshew, likely went undrafted in most leagues. Actually, I know they went undrafted in most leagues. And have been showing out. Joe Burrow showed against the Browns last Thursday that he has the makings of a stud franchise QB. He has the weapons. He has the skill. He has the opportunity. So tell me, why not? No, seriously, I agree on this too. He impressed the hell of me last game. I mean, granted, it was the Browns. Um, but, dude, like the whole time I was saying, like, oh, like, well, after that strip sack, I was like, oh, he's done. Like, he's going to play like like crap the rest of the game. Like, that's going to get in his head. But no, dude, just dude. shook it off, just kept coming. And he had 61 attempts. It's nuts. What rookie QB has 61 attempts? What uh, other QB has 61 attempts? And in 61 attempts, guess how many picks he threw? Zero. Not one. Yep. Not one. Like, that's impressive, man. That's, yep. that's definitely impressive. He ran the ball seven times for 19 yards. Um, and then he had 316 yards passing with three touchdowns. Like, that's really solid. Dude, yeah. And then um, let's go to the mustache, man, man. Yeah, I'm yeah, hyped Min- about him. Minshew, bro. Minshew posted two now, 20-plus performances in both weeks one and two. And now he's playing a beat-up Miami defense who ranks second to last in points allowed to opposing QBs. Something uh, to watch for, especially tomorrow night in that Thursday night game against Miami, is DJ Shark is listed as questionable. Uh, he's been limited in practice all week due to a chest injury. Uh, but he is expected to play nonetheless. At least the team said that they expect him to play. They're just being precautious with him right now. But even if he does sit tomorrow night, Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault have proved to be viable assets in the past game as well. I mean, after seeing Josh Allen, like what he did to him. Oh, he I, lit them up. Oh, my God. Josh it's, Allen has proven to be real. I think he's leading the league in pass yards right now. Yeah. I mean, him and Russell Wilson are leading the MVP race right now. Kyler uh, Murray's up there. All right, well, them three. But yeah. like, like yeah. still, like, they're all having great seasons. But, like, the thing about Josh Allen is, like, he played the Jets in Miami. Like, right. I want to see him play good teams before I can, like, really just give him a true grade. Um, I think he's definitely progressed. And I think what, you know, the Buffalo Bills coaching staff has done to him, amazing. I mean, like, the, everything the Bills did with Josh Allen, I want the Jets to do with Sam Darnold. Just never happened. Go trade for Stephon Diggs. Go give. Go get John Brown. Give him an off an awesome offensive line. He doesn't even need a good running back. He just has Singletary and, uh, and, Zach, Moss. and Zach Moss. So I mean, like, what do you like? What else do you want for a and franchise you, quarterback? And you know what? Like, we again. I don't like taking laps around players after two weeks in the season. I don't like to do it because I hate when people go out and say, "I told you so." I told you so. But we told you a few weeks ago that Stephon Diggs being the number twenty-seven ranked wideout in fantasy pros was just insanely outlandish. Yep. He's right now the number four overall wideout. Back-to-back week, eight catches. First week, it was eight catches for 86. Last week, it was eight catches for 152 and a touchdown. This guy is producing. He's going to be a low-end receiver one, dude. He is. This is the guy for Josh Allen. This it, is the it, guy. It's, it's scary. I mean, like, honestly, like, what what do you think his dynasty uh, worth is? Oh, my God. I don't even I don't even know. He's only 26, man. He's only 26, and he's tied with this team. I don't love Josh Allen passing the ball. I, I do think he's very uh, 
you know, up and down with his passing, but he's he's feeding the ball to Stephon Diggs. He's feeding him the ball, and Diggs is making the most of it. Again, I just need to see him play good teams. Yeah, and he's it's playing all, the it's Rams tough. this week, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see him against uh, Ramsey. So yeah, and then he plays at Vegas, at Tennessee, then KC. Plays the Jets in Week Seven. I might have to toss in my DFS lineup against the Jets Week Seven. He's oh my God! Eat like he did Week One. But Stephon Diggs, man, he he, and like you said, the, the Bills have really done everything the right way. I always like Josh Allen out of Wyoming, and uh, they they've been building that team the right way, and that team's good. Yeah, team's very good. I thought they might be a little overhyped coming into the season, but they've they've definitely impressed me again. The Jets in Miami, nothing to write home about, but they look good. They really do look good. Yeah, no. Honestly, just like I mean, that that game against Miami was not easy. It was a tough one. That's why I mean, like the Bills, like I gotta hold my breath with because like they should be blowing out Miami if they were a good team. Like you should not, you know, go end the game at thirty-one twenty-eight. That that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that as well. It's gonna be interesting. This week is gonna be a big test for them. The Rams look good, man. The Rams are really good. I mean, they they have good coaches, both teams. Yeah. So uh, the Rams look back. But kind of how they did two seasons ago with that high power offense. Are you surprised? Like they, they, it was going to come back. No, but happily, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm definitely a little taken off guard. Dude, like, do you I, think do you think Tyler Higby is legit? I think I do. Oh. I he had three <laughs> touchdowns. He had three. So I was actually looking into him a little bit today. And he had three touchdowns last week on five catches. That's like an insane efficiency rating. Like that's not gonna keep. That's not. Gonna I mean, keep. look. But that, that's what you said say, last year. But I will say the last five games of 2019, which I did not know, he averaged 21 points a game for yep. those last five games, and he was getting like 12 to 15 targets a game. Yeah. Like that's nuts. That's really really good. Dude, Higby is a guy that a lot of he's people a, slept he's a on. Tight end one. I will say he's a tight end one. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's. What did you ask me? Legit? Did you well, all right. So if I say legit, is he top five? Top five, no. He's not top five. He's number four. He's top 12. Is he number, I think I think he's number, number five, right? Number five right now? He's number five. But again, five catches, three touchdowns. Like that's, that's No, crazy. I know. It, it's week two. It's so hard to like give like, you know, a true grade on someone after two games. Obviously, coming after like a three touchdown game, you're going to feel really high on him. Uh, I just want to see more. So let me see more about Higby, and I'll give, like, I have him on my dynasty team. So, like, I was a clown, didn't start him last week, but definitely going to put him in this week and see what he does. Cool. And and lastly with this, I just wanted to touch on the Giants' back for situation like I did before. There's really not much to say. Uh, Devonta Freeman, is he worth picking up? Yeah, I mean, if you have room on your bench, why not, I guess? You know, maybe you can get some sell value out of him. Don't I, I just don't expect him to – you know, really put up big numbers at all. Again, Saquon couldn't do anything behind that offensive line. He couldn't do squat, bro. But, you know, I, I do I do expect a committee from Freeman, Deion Lewis, and Wayne Gallman at the end of the day. So these guys likely won't be meeting Deion Lewis, Gallman, and Freeman. I don't think they'll be anything to write home about. I don't think they'll be fantasy uh, relevant. But right now, Freeman does have value. So if you did pick him up, if you will pick him up, you know, whatever, maybe trade him away to that Saquon owner just to make him feel a little better. But, uh, yeah, I, this, this this Giants team, I don't, I don't even want to get back into it but because it makes me sad. I don't know if you're going to hear it in my tone, but, like, just talking about the Giants, just seeing, like, where this team has gone, it's just it's so upsetting. It really is. Like, this used to be, like, a pinnacle of fucking the NFL. Like, this this franchise was known as, like, well-run, like a well-oiled machine, and now they're just, like, a laughingstock in the league. The Jets and the Giants. Dude, and, and, again, I, we don't the Jets aren't in the same sentence as the Giants, and that's it. 
like the Giants are just, just significantly better. All right, guys. So with Schultz being absent today uh, due to personal reasons, we, me and Al are actually going to take it upon ourselves to, to give you guys a few bets that we like this week uh, with the NFL games coming up this week. So, Al, I'm going to give you the mic. Give me, uh, give me a bet that you like this week. All right, so I think my lock of the week is definitely the Chargers by six and a half. I mean, Caroline has got absolutely nobody in their offense. I think they're going to blow them out. I, I really liked what Herbert um, did last week against the Chiefs. Uh, I think it's a very safe bet. Uh, I know six and a half is a lot, a lot to like, you know, leave out there with the rookie quarterback, but I think they're just simply a better team. And that Chargers defense looks fantastic. So uh, look for them. Uh, I also like the Jets plus ten and a half. Listen, I know I just shit on the Jets all this episode, but ten and a half points to professional football team. I mean, like, dude, like on average, an NFL team scores seventeen points a game. Well, like to the Colts, nonetheless. Like, I, I they're know, not a good team. The Colts are just really not a good team. I mean, they literally lost the Jags, who have nobody. I think it's gonna be a closer game. Easy there, bro. Yeah. Minshew, man. Come no, on. Now. No, I know, but like, <laughs> the, no, look at the talent of the Jets and Jags. It just, you know, uh, I I think Darnold really knows that, like. This is his last year to make something happen. If he wants to be a franchise quarterback to team, if he wants to get paid like a franchise quarterback, he's got to show up. Um, I'm not saying the Jets are going to win this game, but I think 10 at points is just a crazy amount. I mean, if you really don't feel safe about it, throw him in a teaser, man. There's no problem, you know, doing a six-point teaser with the Jets and Chargers. So you get the Chargers, you know, minus a nice half point. Beautiful. And then you get the Jets plus 16 and a half. I mean, dude, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm going to do the odds for you right now just because I love you guys. And, um, dude, right now the odds <laughs> with six points is plus 120. I mean, plus 120, dude, you double your money right there. You throw 50 bucks on it and win 100. That's it. So, I mean, like, just do that, man. Like, I really like those picks. Those are probably my locks. Do you got anything for this Thursday night, actually, Zach? This Thursday is, is it's tough. Like, that's a tough game to bet, man. Right now it's set at Jaguars are actually favored by a field goal. Um, and I see, like, I, I think that's perfect for the game. Like, I, I don't I don't think that this is going to be a runaway game. It's a really ugly Thursday night game, but it's going to be it's gonna be fun to watch. I, if I had to pick a bet, I, I'm i going to slam the over in this game. I'm slamming the over. Eight and a half is set right now. You, you feel confident in that? Yeah, no, I feel confident because Fitzpatrick's coming off, like, a monster game. You know, he almost came back and beat the Bills. Like, really good defense. And then you also got, you know, Minshew's hot right now. Uh, I actually love a bet, uh, you know, a little prop bet yeah, that I, was I saw. Say, I do have a player prop bet. In yeah, I do. I wonder if we have the same one. Um, all right, so I have two actually. One is a little riskier than the other. Uh, so I'll give you the the safer one. I think that the bet, I think it's plus six hundred. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick and Minshew to throw a touchdown in each half. So I mean, you just need. Okay. I mean, so like it's four touchdowns total, but like a touchdown from each quarterback each half, that's totally possible. Um, and then the riskier one, but also, you know, kind of confident in Minshew to throw three touchdowns and 300 yards is plus 800. I'm not saying throw the house on it, but if you plus don't, eight? No, that's a lot. Yeah, no, it's a lot, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's not the touchdowns I'm worried about. I'm more worried about the yards. Yeah. I the, mean, with Byron Jones out, he's going to be slinging that ball. Yeah, no, but he needs Tark though. Yeah. Was, that's big. So that actually leads into my next thing. I was actually going to say right now, uh, LaVisca Chanel player prop bet. Uh, he set receiving yards. The over/under set at thirty-five and a half. Right now, uh, week one he had thirty-seven, and then week two he had thirty-five. So it's basically going off of what you know week one and two had. Um, but it, against Miami, especially if DJ Charter is going to be out, I think he's going to hit that. I think I'm going to take the over there, and I'm probably going to parlay that with Miles Gaskin uh, rushing plus receiving yards. The over set at fifty-five and a half. Uh, I'm going to hit that as well. So I'm going to take Lavisca Chenault. 
the over uh, 35 and a half receiving. And then Miles Gaskin, parlay that with Miles Gaskin rushing plus receiving yards. So total yards at uh, 55 and a half. I'm going to take that over. Yeah, I love the the Gaskin, you know, rushing and receiving. It's a little bit safer because he. I think five is not a lot. No, nah, I know, but I think that his rushing uh, was like over like thirty five and a half or somewhere around, like somewhere in the thirties, and he's only rushed like for like forty one yards and then forty yards in two games. Don't really feel safe on that. But actually, just looking at other games that just are kind of surprising to me. Do you know the Packers are underdogs to the Saints? They're plus one fifty. I mean, the Saints would, look a yeah, crap. If I'm going to take an underdog in a parlay or something. I'm going to take. I'm going to take that. Yeah, the Packers, absolutely. Yeah, but there's actually so a second underdog, the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I just the was about to say that. Plus three and a half against Baltimore, and Baltimore is a good ass team. But we're talking about the Super Bowl champs here. Yeah, no. yeah, they want to shut them down too because they know this half? is for the number one like buy like this is bye week material here. Like they're fighting for that bye week. Bro, like uh, three and a half points. Like, yeah, I'm gonna buy those points and feel good about it. The money line is like I think plus one sixty four. I saw. Yeah, I, I, I see. Would, I would take the money line there. Yeah. I mean, plus three and a half. I think is a given, man. That you're you're saying okay, they could lose by a field goal to Baltimore. That's very doable. Like, I, I can see Baltimore winning the game by a field goal, but not by a touchdown. Not by you know five, six, seven, eight points. It's gonna be a close ass game. Yeah, and uh, obviously that game you want to throw the over in like right now because it's only gonna go higher and higher because these are just two explosive quarterbacks, explosive offenses, um, lots of fun in that game. I can't, dude, that Monday night game is gonna be amazing, unbelievable. I cannot uh, wait for this game. Yeah, I cannot wait. You know, we got a gross Thursday game, but a beautiful Monday night game. Yeah, you, so you take what you can get, man. Take oh, what you can get. Oh God, you know what the next Thursday night game is? What? You don't want to know. Jets? It's the Jets and Denver with no, Jeff Driscoll. That is no. terrible. Terrible. Why are Thursday games always the worst? The worst. I mean, oh, like, that's why Lord. you have to bet them. You have to bet them. No, like, I hate to, Oh, my <laughs> God. I cannot. Dude, wow, that's actually probably the worst matchup I've ever heard in my life. It's going to be awful. Dude, that's so, so, so bad. Then, uh, it's, it, it just, the thing is, like, I just don't want the Jets to be on national TV. Like, they, they just don't deserve it. They don't. They really don't. <laughs> Well, anyways, that pretty much wraps up our bet segment here. I'm sorry, Shoal. I'm sure you had a lot more for everybody, but those are our picks. Yeah, yeah. Shoal probably is listening to this pod right now and saying, like, why the fuck would they take this? Why would they do that? I want to do this. I want to do that. Whatever. Um, we, we miss you, Shoal, and we'll we'll uh, we'll have him back next week, hopefully. But anyway, that's going to do it, man. That's going to close out our you know main episode today. Uh, like always, we are your home for everything NFL, college football, sports betting, and fantasy sports. Please go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us a follow, give us a five-star rating, leave us a kind of review if you could be so kind. And like always, guys, I will see you next week. Later. Later.